Hello, I'm Kellyanne Taylor from Radio Times and this is View From My Sofa, the podcast where every week I sit down with the stars of TV to talk about all things telly. What do they watch? Where do they watch? And who do they watch with? Expect fascinating insights into my celebrity guests' TV habits. What shows do they binge? What do they snack on? What do they loathe? And who really controls the remote on their sofa? Although View From My Sofa is currently on a series break, we could not pass up the opportunity to bring to you this very special episode with KSI. I sit down with the YouTuber, boxer and chart-topping artist to chat about dating, being an outcast and the repercussions of broadcasting your life to the world. KSI, welcome to View From My Sofa. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime, very excited. So let's start at the beginning with what is the view from your sofa? Talk me through your living room setup. Um I I I have a really nice um fireplace actually uh in the live in the living room, which uh which I currently have on like all the time right now because it's so cold. I have a TV above it as well, where I'm able to just play games. Uh, well, I have my Xbox connected to it, so I normally just play Xbox games there. Uh, I have a nice um, table in the middle as well, where I normally sometimes eat. So my dining room and my living room is like joined together, and also with my kitchen as well. So it's kind of just one long room, which uh, is quite nice. It feels quite spacious and. Uh, just the way that I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, in the documentary that you have coming out, mm. we do get a sneak preview into your very, very nice £10 million house, yes. um, which is something of a treat for watchers. What have you been enjoying recently on telly? Well, I, uh, I mean, the World Cup. <laughs> Yeah. The World Cup. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I've I saw you on Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love a little troll. <laughs> but on yeah, man, like the especially the final. What a final. Like I was saying both both teams need the stand innovation because that was one of the best finals I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. Just it it, it was beginning was just Argentina going ham and then there was a bit of a a boring what 60 minutes of football and then Mbappe just decided to go oh wait it's the final <laughs> let me start scoring and then he just came through scored two quick goals and then we had a final and then obviously they had a lot of back and forth uh scoring a goal each and then the penalty shootout oh it just had everything and yeah I've, I've really just enjoyed the world cup um all the games have been amazing and yeah. uh yeah kind of my friends toby and simon went to the actual um stadium to see the game live and i was so jealous of them because they were to really take in the atmosphere and you know see you know these two teams you know battle it out but yeah um i it's 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 great that messi was able to you know get that trophy that i was always struggling to get and uh yeah yeah i think in terms of just things I'm watching, yeah, it's it's just it was just the World Cup. But you know, here and there I watch a couple of Netflix, 
uh, Netflix shows, a couple uh, uh, Prime video shows. Yeah, I kind of just, yeah, anything. Anything that takes my fancy, anything that my mates hit me up and go, oh, you should watch this. I go, okay, yeah, sure. Is there anything that you come back to time and time again? Like a series that's kind of like your comfort watch? No, no, in terms, like, if I want something, that's it. I never go back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not yeah, going to waste your time. No, no, I've I've been there, done that, next. <laughs> uh, I know some people who we watch series over and over again. I just, I don't know. I don't know how people can do that. For me, I just, I like to one and done it. Um, I watched Ozark and I thought that was amazing uh, from the start to the end. Uh, and then, yeah, I was that was it. I stopped. I, I I don't need to go back to watch it again. Uh, and, you know, it's just with many series, actually. Like, Breaking Bad, I was the exact same. Rick and Morty, yeah, like, you know, I watch it and then I'm done. <laughs> but I, I have a wide selection. Even, like, The Boys, like, I love The Boys. Uh, and, yeah, like, I, I don't go back to watch it again. I kind of just watch it and that's it. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, next season, let's go. <laughs> is there anything that you don't like that if it comes on, you're instantly like, oh, well, hell no. Turn off TV, not my thing. Um, I think for me, I'd, I'd always give a series like a few episodes, like one or two episodes. And if I'm just not drawn in, like, and I, I don't know, I'm kind of just open for anything. But if I'm li- literally watching this and I'm there like... Oh, this is, you know, looking at the watch or looking at how much is left, then I know, okay, this isn't for me or I'm just getting bored of this. So um, there was a doc that I was watching on Netflix, the FIFA one. Um, oh, yeah, I've I've heard mixed reviews on that. Well, I, I, I watched the first episode and I was like, eh, it's okay. Halfway through the second episode, I was just, I'm bored. And I just stop watching. <laughs> it's just that's just it. Like I, I, I give any series like episode one or two, and then if I'm not drawn in or I'm if I'm not hooked, then I just don't care anymore. Yeah, you're too busy. Game of Thrones as well was another one that I I watched what two episodes, and I was like, nah, I'm just not interested. I just don't care. I just I'm I. I and it's so funny because people are there like you have to watch the whole season to get into it and I'm like well then that's dead <laughs> why do I have to watch a whole season for me to get into a series I should be hooked by the first episode yeah like that should be it yep. like agreed agreed I don't think you yeah. should have to give 10 hours of your life to maybe yeah, get into something yeah it's, that's just I, I feel like the competition is so high so with that all the, you know, with these series, they should understand that and know, okay, cool. Like, we need to gain gain an audience and interest an audience as fast as possible. Get them in. And then once you've got them in, then you can do all the long, drawn-out things to, you know, set everything up. But, you know, for a person who's seeing it fresh, don't start off with the long, drawn-out, boring things that no one cares about. <laughs> it's just, I just, I, I don't it's get so it. True. Who's your favorite person to watch TV with? Who's my favorite person to watch? Um, I think it depends on what what I'm watching. Um, if I'm watching like an anime, uh, I, I love watching it by myself. <laughs> um, if I'm watching a uh, what's it called a a serial 
killer documentary or something like that, then I'd love to watch it like with my girlfriend, for example. Or if I'm watching sports, I'd love to watch it with my mates, especially with like, you know, England or Arsenal play. Yeah, I think it just it just depends on on yeah, what what it is. <laughs> Okay, I want to take it back now to your childhood. So you grew up in Watford with your parents and younger brother, Deji. What were you like as a child? Uh, I was very introverted. I had no desire to, you know, branch out or to, you know, put myself out there. I kept to myself a lot, quite quiet. I was definitely a quiet kid. And, uh, yeah, I just, I kind of just just did my thing I kind of just was just on that hamster wheel and I was just going just going with life I didn't really have any real desire to do anything in life I wasn't you know like oh I want to be a lawyer when I get older or I want to be a doctor I, I had no idea what I wanted to do I just I was kind of still trying to figure out myself and you know I, even I mean even like the, the past few years, I've been still trying to figure out myself truly and, you know, being able to properly understand who I am and why I am. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a part of growing up. It's a part of, you know, maturing. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely was that quiet kid who, you know, yeah, just kept to, kept to myself. <laughs> was there any TV that you were watching and that, time period you know early childhood early teenage years that kind of remind you of that period um i mean dragon ball i used to i well i would watch a lot of dragon ball uh from dragon ball z to um dragon ball super all of that yeah like uh well definitely dragon ball z when i was a kid was what i loved to watch uh anime in in general uh, i love watching anime um i'm trying to think what else uh I, I was I did watch a bit of Disney, like uh, Life of Life of Zack and Cody, or um, Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh my God, you're talking my stuff. Oh really? That's a <laughs> Raven. Like yeah, that like I I yeah yeah like I loved I loved all those shows. <laughs> Even like High School Musical, I'd watch all of that. Like I was so very influenced by a lot of Disney, and uh, but then Nickelodeon from SpongeBob. I was you know. And uh, Cartoon Network as well. Uh, oh Toonami yeah. was another one that I was, uh, you know, really enjoyed. So, yeah, there was a lot of, like, things as a kid that I, you know, I definitely really enjoyed just watching. Were you into WWE? Uh, yes, until, well, I was into WWE uh, until they changed their name, if that makes sense. So it used to be WWF. So that's when I was, like always obsessed i was obsessed i'd buy all the games you know i was into the rock uh stone cold steve austin uh triple h you know generation x uh all of that i was obsessed and then um and then it kind of got a bit more pg and i just got older and matured and i kind of just got out of it and uh, it didn't really hit the same anymore and uh, yeah, I feel like for me, ever since it changed from WWF to WWE, it it didn't really hit the same as it used to. But you know, I still watch it from time to time, every now and then. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I was I recently watched it to see Logan Paul do his thing against um, uh, Roman Reigns, I believe. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, I thought I was sick, and 
Like I, I, I've wrestled before and I know how hard it is. So for him to just go in and do all of that in front of that many people and the, the pressure as well. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah. I want to talk about you would have been around 12 years old when YouTube was created. Yeah. And I wondered, do you remember social media? Because we're not that different in age. I think you're a couple of years older than I am. Mm. Was social media a big part of your teenage years? Like for me, I remember YouTube. I also remember Facebook and kind yeah. of Facebook Messenger and that kind of stuff. But when did it start to become kind of on your radar? And were you always like a YouTube watcher? No. So I think it started with MSN, like for communication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that was like the big one that everyone would use just to talk to each other. In terms of like videos, I think everyone would just, there would always just be random websites that people would just pick videos from. Like, I mean, this was before YouTube, like, I mean, Daily Motion was one of them that people would like go on and, you know, people would, especially as kids, we would would look at some like really crazy videos. I'm sure you've heard of like Two Girls, One Cup, for example, all those viral crazy videos that everyone would just send each other like, oh, have you seen yeah. this or have you seen this? So that was definitely went around and then YouTube started to become the main hub of videos where people would always go to. And then, yeah, it just little communities started forming and, you know, that's kind of where I found my home in terms of the gaming community. I would, you know, really watch a lot of gaming videos. I was just, like, I love gaming. I love playing games. So to find people posting videos of them gaming, I thought it was amazing. And I really wanted to be a part of that. And that's kind of what really, you know, dragged me into the whole YouTube um, ecosystem. But uh, yeah, before that, I would just look at random videos of people like Fred uh, and hate it. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Fred is, but he's just this YouTuber that I think he was one of the first guys to get a million subscribers. But God, he was so annoying. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was so annoying. Oh, he just had this high pitched voice where he would just talk about his day, but it was just really annoying. And it was it was like a pawn. It was like a character, but it, it, at the time I really hated it. And then I watched people like Nigger uh, Higa and um, Kev Jumba, Smosh, all these you know old school OG YouTubers. And then eventually I found my realm in the whole gaming sphere. And then I would look at people like Blame Truth and Hutch, C Nanners, uh, Zergris, etc. Uh, Zerka. Also, or Josh, my mate now. And um, yeah, I would look at all those videos and that's kind of where I found my home. And then I kind of just kept going, just coming coming back. Yeah. Because you created your first YouTube channel on the 25th of July, 2009. Mm. Why did you choose the name KSI? And let's also talk about, was the internet a place of solace for you? You know, you're talking about communities there. Was that kind of where you found a group of friends and a, and content that helped you relate to other people? Yeah, so, so I, um, yeah, I made, I, I made a video back then just because, you know, like I had become so inspired by everyone and, you know, I learned, okay, how do I edit? How do I record? How do I, you know, I learn everything I need to learn in order for me to be part of this community. And yeah, it's, I definitely felt at home because, you know, I, 
at school, I felt a bit like an outcast. I felt like I didn't really fit in with that many people. Whereas, you know, on YouTube, I found people who were like me, who didn't really fit in, but we were like the outcasts of the outcast. <laughs> and we were able to just um, find some, or find some unity in that. And I think it allowed us to, yeah, just, you know, make videos. And I remember I would just post on Twitter, me being like, oh, check out my video and I'll check out someone else's. And it was just this community that was just awesome. And like even forums would look at, we'll go on forums and start talking about like FIFA and other games that we were playing. And it was just, yeah, it was cool. Like I, I'd always rush home and just be excited to go on my computer and just talk to my mates online. And yeah, it was, it, it was dope. And then with that, I would probably be able to talk to them properly on, you know, on Skype and really just get to know everyone and yeah just build this community of people who just love doing this gaming thing on youtube was youtube already a platform that you knew you could make money from or did no, it just no, start no. off more genuinely no it, it was literally genuine like i there was no money on youtube like at the time you couldn't just go on youtube and post a video and make money you, the way to make money is you needed to be uh, accepted in this a partnership with Machinima. And then through Machinima, uh, you would get paid. And they were getting requests left, right and center. So for you to get accepted was super hard. So this was, this was during the time when the community was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then, you know, I found out, oh my God, I can actually make money from this. And then I saw this was the dream job. But before that, no, there was no money. I just, I just enjoyed doing it. It was just fun. It was, yeah. it was cool just to show people my skills on FIFA. As, <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds, like I just, it was cool to be able to, you know, do skills and do like a solo run and get past like five, six players and then score a goal and then post that on YouTube and be like, yo, I was able to do this. What do you think? And add some cool music in the background, edit it in a cool way to make it look, you know engaging and make people just watch the video and be like oh wow this is really sick yeah. and then yeah it was just it was just a cool thing to do and i just i just had that drive especially when i knew that i could make money from it and i was able to you know make it a job i was yeah. like i could actually make this a job if i really put my time and effort into this and really work hard i was like oh wow i can actually yeah make make money from it and it, you know, it wasn't even like insane money like i remember the first amount of money i got was like a hundred dollars and i posted like 20 videos and i was over the moon over the moon with that and i was like oh my god like and i mm. used that to buy an armani um suit it's the same armani suit that gigs wore on uh game over it was uh tinchy strider it's a song made by tinchy strider and gigs was one of the features and he was wearing that suit and I was like, yeah, and the money plays, I want that. Because it was just like a, it was like a medal for myself for all the hard work that I put in to this YouTube thing. And I'm, I was able to actually get an, a tangible product from it. So I think it was quite surreal that because my parents have always told me you can never make money playing games. You know, this whole YouTube thing, it's, it's, it could disappear tomorrow. You know, nothing is ever certain with this whole online thing. And then for me to be able to, work hard at 
this online thing and then to actually have money, my own money that I've worked hard for and then be able to buy something with my own money, I it was like mind blowing. And yeah. from then on, I just, I knew like this was it. Like I needed to just home in on this. Obviously I never thought it'd be where it is now. Like no way. Like if if I did, oh my god, I would have worked even harder than I <laughs> yeah. than, than I I was back in the day. Like there's so many times where I was kind of just I definitely took uh, took my foot off the gas, or I didn't really work as hard as I could have. But you know, I I didn't expect it to be at the level it is today. No one really, no one really did. There was no blueprint. There was no okay. Yeah. So. The KSI did this, 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 this to get to this level. It was okay. Everyone is just winging it and seeing what happens. And yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just a crazy time. So you actually dropped out of sick form to pursue yeah. your YouTube career. And you said already your parents were probably a little bit nervous about it. Teachers were also probably a bit <laughs> nervous about it. A, a, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit is a. a, a <laughs> There's one way to put it. <laughs> did you did you move out when you started doing that? Or were you still living at home? So I was still living at home at the time. And yeah, I was yeah, my parents were definitely on my ass. <laughs> they yeah, they were not keen for me to do this whole YouTube thing because they just didn't see the longevity in it. But it's because it was just this new thing that no one really knew or understood. Yeah. And for me to just put all my eggs into it. They, it just terrified them because, you know, they worked so hard to get me into private school. You know, they, they put themselves in so much debt just to get me and my brother, just to get us into private school, to get us to, you know, at the highest education that they that was possible for them. And then for me to just throw all of that away and then go, oh, okay, I want to do YouTube full time. It, it, it pissed them off. <laughs> pissed them yeah. off. It, it made them angry. They just, yeah, they put all this time and effort into us. And yeah, for us to just turn around and go, okay, we want to just do this now. It, yeah, it infuriated them. So I understand where they were coming from. But, you know, I had a vision. I had a goal. And I knew if I just did what my parents wanted me to do, I wouldn't be happy. And for me, you know, happiness is a key thing in life. And if you're happy, you're able to do so many more things than if you're not happy. So, you know, I I just bit the bullet and went, screw it, I'm just going to head on, go head on with this YouTube thing. And, yeah, now I've just never looked back. And, you know, I still yeah. to this day, I you know, I grind, I work hard because, you know, I, nothing is forever. And for me, I... Yeah. I, I I see success as a journey rather than a destination. I, I just, I, for me, it's important to just stay consistent and, you know, to always look to improve on, you know, oneself. Always look to be better, you know, never be complacent, never be um, comfortable uh, where you're at. Always look to go, oh, you know what, I can do more, I can be better. But then also finding that balance where you can also relax and enjoy yourself. So it's, you know, through just getting older, I've kind of just understood life more and understood what I enjoy doing and what I don't enjoy doing and making sure I don't do what I don't enjoy doing. And then the things I do enjoy doing, you know, doing more of that. And 
you know, even in terms of like me drinking, you know, I, I don't drink anymore because I just, you know, I, I, it doesn't give me happiness. It doesn't like make me fulfilled or anything. It kind of just, it, it keeps me away from the path of like full enjoyment for me. Like for me, I have yeah. values and, you know, I have a purpose and I see it as like a road and there's all these other directions, but there's a clear road to, you know, where I want to be. And me drinking is just me, you know, veering off into another direction or me, you know, always saying yes to everything uh, is just so energy taxing and will then steer me in another direction because, you know, I don't have any time for myself. I don't have any energy for myself. And just there's so many other things where, you know, I'm just, I've learned of myself and learned, okay, I, I don't need to do the things that I feel people want me to do. I can just do the things that I want to do and be okay with that. Yeah. And I mean, you are at the top of the YouTube and influencer game. What do you think makes you so good? And also, you know, in the documentary, you repeatedly kind of come to the same point that your biggest fear is failure. And yeah. I wonder where does that stem from? And and perhaps it is that, perhaps it is that fear of failure that has made you the best. Um. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, I'd say the fear of failure, yeah, has definitely lit a fire under me to always just keep going. Because, you know, mm. nothing is ever certain, you know. If I had retired at 25 and thought, oh, okay, I've done it, I've succeeded, I'm relaxed, you know, now when I'm 29, I might have gone, oh man, I could have done so much more. I could have reached a completely different level if I had just continued, you know. So I I feel like being consistent is always, is very important. And yeah. I definitely feel like because of my childhood, uh, the fear of, you know, disappointing people, especially like my parents, yeah, it's it scared me. Uh, scared me into always just working hard and always just keep going and always just keep pushing through. Uh, no matter you know how I feel, I always felt like I always had to just keep going, and mm. I've kind of just taken that now and used it used it more in a in a in a, in a better light rather than a destructive light where I just drive myself into exhaustion and drive myself into into what's the word um like burnout burning out yeah 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 now i i've definitely balanced find the balance where i i'm able to you know go hard but then also play hard and um yeah just get it you know get everything intertwining and working well for me but yeah definitely you know failure is is something i I just hate, you know, I, I hate losing. I hate, yeah, I hate failing. So I, I feel like I always have to do as much as I can to avoid that. And yeah. uh, whether it's music or boxing or YouTube, you know, I, I always try to stay ahead of the game at all times. And I want to talk about the internet is a strange place in some senses yeah. because it keeps a digital copy of everything you know yeah. back in the day when i was 14 i could do whatever i wanted and no one will ever know what i was doing at 14 because yeah. it doesn't exist anywhere but with you you know you started making these videos at such a young age 
and people because of the nature of the internet can go back and watch watch your you know your teenage years your early 20s your 20s how difficult is that and you know having so much of your past documented and how do you deal with backlash when it resurfaces or you know comments about behavior from your past and things like that um because you're growing up on camera right yeah i i think it's i think if anything it kind of just shows that i'm i'm human and you know even all the mistakes i've made in the past i think it shows like nowadays you know even how i am today like that all those mistakes i've worked on them and i've improved myself and you know i've become a better person and i think that's what the main goal of life is you know you're not going to be perfect and i you know i i don't understand this idea of you know people thinking that every, every, people have to be perfect all the time because it's yeah. just it's just not real and you know what is real is seeing people making mistakes seeing people not always winning seeing people you know having heartache or you know struggling but then being able to overcome it and then becoming a, be- a better person because of that i think that it just shows a lot and you know obviously there's things i regret when I was younger and things I wish I never did, but it's one of the things, you know, it's happened. I can't delete history. It's there for the internet to see. And the only thing I can do is improve as a person now. And I, you know, I feel like I fully have done that. And, you know, I, I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to get things wrong, but you know, the, the world is always changing. It's uh, sometimes it's so hard to keep up at times, but I feel like, you know, in general, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm always able to, well, I'm I'm at a point where I'm just an improved person than I was uh, when I was younger. And I think that's what really matters at the end of the day. And obviously, you know, your success does come from your fans and you have this relationship with them. And I think by the nature of your videos and your content and YouTube in general, it they feel like they know you and, and they do know you to a certain extent is it ever hard having so much of yourself on show letting people into so many parts of your life um yes and no I think at the beginning of my career I think I felt like I definitely gave too much out I kind of just showed everything I you know no stone was unturned I publicized everything and you know nowadays you know I publicize things still, but like not to the extent that I used to. You know, I I don't really like post what my parents are doing all the time anymore. Or you know, every now and then I post a picture, but I'll be it. Or you know, my relationships as well. I don't post anything about that. You know, I keep things private. You know, I feel like it's good to have that alone. What well, alone time? But like That's time space. where, yeah, it's a time where it's just it's my own space. And it's just me um, with the people I love and cherish or uh, friends, family, etc. And I feel like I don't have to post everything or, you know, even I go on holiday, I don't have to post everything. Like people don't need to know every single thing that I'm doing. But, you know, in terms of, you know, normal things I'm doing here and there. Yeah, I don't mind just posting stuff. But yeah, like I've definitely found a better balance now where it makes me happy as well as my audience happy. So it made me really laugh when I watched this documentary because in it, 
you're mm. kind of talking about your dating life and uh, I think the journalist or the cameraman asks a very candid question and he says do you think that these women would date you if you weren't KSI and you say no yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I, I thought was very funny does fame make dating difficult oh yeah 100% um, because it's hard to find what's real and you know what isn't and I think for me, that's why with my relationships, I date for quite a while before I, you know, put the girlfriend, boyfriend uh, stamp. And uh, it's just because it's it's hard to, yeah, figure out people's true intentions. And time is the best way to r- truly see whether someone has good intentions or whether they actually care about you or whether it's just, the whole KSI thing that people care about. And yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I definitely feel like if I wasn't KSI, like a lot of women wouldn't talk to me or wouldn't care for me. And I, I feel like that's just, well, I, I think that's just like how, uh, I, I don't know, the whole social media thing is like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's all like a status thing. Like people would, will give me, it's, it's crazy. Like I feel like, people around me i i never get to truly see especially new people anyway truly see how people really are anymore because they know if they're on my good side they can get something from me or you know it could be yeah which is horrible well yeah but i mean it's 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 just how it is and like i kind of i understand the game i know the game and it's kind of just like it is what it is. Like, that's just the space I'm in. So that's why, you know, I keep a lot of my friends really close. And if I was to add another friend group to that, it'll take years before I really trust you. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things like time is the best way to really see, you know, what type of person, how a person is also like seeing how they treat other people is another way for you to see like how, good a person is and yeah. yeah with me i i I treat everyone the same whether you're the most famous person in the world or whether you're a nobody or whether you're you know you've got yeah um whether you're a singer dancer or boxer cleaner whatever i just treat everyone the same because you know and then they were all human beings you know we all bleed the same we're all just people so you know, you shouldn't yeah. treat people differently just because they have more numbers on a social media app. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And you also, you know, in the documentary, you do talk about very candidly that there has been a somewhat fractured relationship with your family mm. and you're on a journey with that. I wondered as well, does fame impact relationships, not only with family and friends, but in terms of yourself, can it be quite an isolating and lonely experience? Um, it definitely can, especially during my time, uh, when I had my public feud with my, you know, my brother and my family, uh, during Christmas, it definitely was quite hard. And yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where you don't want it to be public, but it just happens to be and having to deal with that, it can definitely be quite isolating and it's, uh, you know, I definitely cried you know in front of my friends and you know showed like you know how hard it's been 
to have to deal with that. But, you know, it's, it's one of the things that you just learn with life and learn how to deal with, you know, in the public eye. And you slowly just get better and better over time. And, you know, me and my family, we're, you know, in a way better position now than we were um, years ago. And, you know, it's it, it's cool because, you know, I, you know, shout out therapy, man. It's allowed me to really, like, understand my mind, understand what makes me tick, what, why, you know, why I think the way that I think, why I do the things that I do. And, you know, it gave me purpose in life and, you know, understand what my values are and really just help clear my mind and get me to a point where I was happy. I was happy about myself. You know, I was, I loved myself, you know, and before I didn't feel like I loved myself before I felt like I was just a bit lost and didn't really understand what I was or where I was. And, uh, yeah, now I just, I love myself. So, you know, I'm able to love people way better than before. I guess as well, another thing is you've tried your hand at a lot of different things and had a lot of success. You know, you're a boxer, musician, YouTuber, have a drinks brand. You know, do you do you ever take stock of your achievements? You know, you strike me as someone who you achieve and achieve and achieve, but do you ever just sit back and think like, bloody hell, I've done it. I've done a great job. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I definitely, you know, before I don't think I'd... I, I, I don't think I used to, whereas now I'm definitely starting to really, you know, sit back and understand everything that I have done and accomplished. And I have gone, wow, this, this is nuts. It's crazy. Like, and for me to still carry on and, you know, after 10 plus years to still keep going and still keep pushing the boundaries, it's, it is, it is, it is crazy. But yeah, I, for me, I kind of just do it because, you know, I enjoy it. You know, I have goals in mind and I, you know, I have that determination to get that goal. And, you know, every time I just build new goals for me, every time I reach those goals and I'm now like, I don't know, at, at peace with myself in terms of making sure I, I I'm able to work hard and get what I want a lot of the time and yeah it's not easy <laughs> like it's i failed several times you know especially behind closed doors i i, de I definitely haven't been a person that's just won everything and everything i touch turns to gold i've definitely failed several times and you know learned from those failures and understood myself more and more and then being able to from that be able to improve and get the successes that i you know i desire and have worked hard for so I think as well your job obviously is on the internet and yeah I'm very lucky in the sense that you know it's not always a nice place but I can remove myself from the internet anytime and you can't because it's your job it's where you make money it's yeah. it's your entire livelihood how do you deal with trolls how do I deal with trolls uh I I laugh at them uh I, I laugh with them as in like if they're if they troll and go in on me I'm, I'm i don't mind laughing at myself like i don't take myself seriously i don't think anyone really should i think that's a great way to deal with trolls because then you kind of take away their power you know you take away the power that they feel that they have by saying certain words or 
you know, saying certain things to you, if you just laugh it off, then it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it, that's it. It's 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 just it. Yeah, it just it it becomes easier to just live on the internet and do whatever you need to do on the internet and yeah, not let things to get to heart. But obviously, it's 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 not easy. Like it takes time and. You know, anyone who's new on the internet will understand that it's it's a terrible place. It's a, a fantastic place, but a terrible place at the same time. And, you you know, you have to understand that, you know, trolls and all these other negative things are always going to be there. You can't, <laughs> you can't put all the focus on a social media app to try and get rid of all trolls or all negativity because it's just not realistic. You know, we don't, we're not living in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're literally on earth and, you know, we have free will and with that comes good things and bad things. And we need to understand to be at one with both, <laughs> be able yeah. to live in both and put yourself in a place where, you know, you're always able to do good and make people feel good and, and, you know, do the best you can as well as, you know, making yourself feel good and feel good in general. And, yeah, and just to avoid negativity or banish it or just laugh at it and use that negativity as energy to make you feel, uh, to drive you and push you even more to want to either prove people wrong or, you know, make you feel better. Like, yeah. even even in terms of when people would call me like fat etc like i just i use that all that negativity and i use that to you know have a healthy lifestyle and you know get in shape and just you know get to a point where no one can ever like say anything about my health but you know i i made sure to do it in a way that's sustainable in a way that i'm able to still you know do the things i want eat the things i want and not feel pressured and it's not like, oh, I have to have a super body all the time. Like after, especially after like a fighting camp, I'm able to just eat and chill and relax. And I don't, yeah, like I've, I feel like I built this defense towards all the negativity and that allowed me to, you know, I would just use it. Yeah, use it as fuel and also just to not um, let it get to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sorry, I, I kind of rambled on for a little bit. No, yeah. that was brilliant. Um, so I want to talk about why you decided to make this documentary. Was it a strange experience? Obviously, you normally have the camera on you, but now mm. someone else is following you and your behaviours and, and your life for a sustained period of time. So what was that yeah. like? Well, I mean, as to why I did it, I it, it kind of just fell on my lap. Um, so my previous manager hit me up saying, oh, Amazon want to do a doc. And, you know, if I'm being real, like I saw, oh, there's a bit of money for them to just follow me around. I was like, all right, cool. I'll just do it. Like, it is what it is. You know, it was just, it was, it was nice. Cool. I didn't expect it to be the doc that it was now. Like, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of just went in blindly and I was just like, okay, where is this just going to follow me? You know, I'm just getting paid to, for them to just follow me. And then it kind of turned into this <laughs> therapy session. <laughs> and it, it kind of just, yeah, it kind of just 
became this thing that I didn't expect it to be, expect it to become. And I, I think there's something beautiful in that because yeah, it was, it was, yeah, for me, it was literally just this thing that I'd just make a bit of money and that was it. <laughs> like I, I didn't really care too much of it. And now it's just, it's, yeah, it's crazy how it's kind of just really helped me in my life. <laughs> Which is which is wild to say. It's always the things yeah. that you don't expect that really you know can make such an impact on your life. But yeah, yeah it, it definitely like I'm I'm so glad that it happened, and I'm so glad that I said yes to it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm glad that you know it's all happened. I still haven't watched it, but that's just because I am. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm gonna get emotional watching that. I can't be asked. <laughs> I it can't is be asked. Yeah, I can't. And, and I just—it's not like I—I I, I hate crying. I hate you know being super emotional. So it's one of the ones where I know it's it's gonna put me in. It's gonna you know remind me of what I've gone through and you know. But you know, I I know at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But it's yeah, I, I am very nervous <laughs> and scared to see it because you know I, I didn't I didn't really do anything to it. I kind of just let them film and then that was it. And yeah, it wasn't like a fluff piece, fluff piece or anything. It was it was just me just going in deep, and just seeing what happens and coming out and being like, wow, <laughs> what an experience. So Louis Theroux is an exec producer on this. Did you yeah. get to meet him? Uh, so I haven't being able to like properly properly meet him i think we've met in terms of like zoom and uh we've talked but uh we haven't properly um no wait tell a lie we have we have i did meet him i i i did meet him but that 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 was at the i think that was like and it wasn't a pre amazon premiere but it was like at the amazon an Amazon thing that I was doing, but yeah, I have met him, and yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's he was a really cool guy. Um, you can tell he's very smart, very, <laughs> very, very smart. But he plays dumb, which is hilarious. <laughs> but it's good because that's how he he gets you. <laughs> yes, he was on view from my sofa as well, and I mm. could yeah, tough tough cookie to interview. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I bet. He's a bloody good interviewer himself. <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, let's come to our quick fire question round. So it's a short, snappy question. And first answer that comes to your brain is the answer you go with. Okay, um, sure. Snack of choice whilst watching TV. Oh, it's probably minstrels. Drink of choice whilst watching TV. Oh, prime, prime. <laughs> <laughs> nice little plug there. Yeah, no, did. no, but I generally do. I generally love prime or water. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Guilty pleasure. Uh, in terms of? TV watching or if you want to reveal more. Oh, okay, okay, oh, God. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure. I mean, I'm currently watching uh, The Legend of, is it Docs Machina? Or something like that. But like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure. Uh, I, I watch uh, Invincible. That was also pretty good. But like, I don't know if these are... Guilty you pleasures. Don't, you don't feel guilty about them. So they're no, just no, I kind of just, I'm just, I don't really care. Like people, if anything, 
anime could be seen as <laughs> a guilty pleasure. Fair. But I'm just there like, I, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So Running commentary or silent watching when you're watching TV? Uh, oh, probably silent watching. Yeah. I Although sometimes it's intriguing to know like what's going on or if it's like a movie, like what the director was thinking, et cetera. But I don't think I'm, in, I'm really in that space of like creating uh, movies or anything like that. So <laughs> I think I just silent watching. Let me just watch. <laughs> Favorite theme tune ever. Favorite theme tune. Well, in, I've got favorite theme tunes as in like wwe theme tunes that i would listen to like entrance music that i loved so like the rock uh what's his name oh oh not edge it, i think it was christian was his name those two for example like i just love those theme songs but um as in like a show, I guess that's a raven, you know, that's so raven. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was always just a banger that I'd love to listen to. And yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Honestly, as soon as like the first few beats of that song and you know exactly yeah, yeah, where you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Anyway, KSI or JJ, as I feel it's now appropriate to call you. Thank you for coming on View From My Sofa. Thank you so much for having me. I've, yeah, I've enjoyed myself. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will be back with our second series of View From My Sofa in spring. Until then, do check out our weekly TV recommendations podcast, Smart TV, which is brought to you every Friday by me and our acting features editor, Caroline Frost. Thanks for listening. <laughs>